Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 27 of Walk On Radio. We're back, and it is here. It is Super Bowl time. Humph, talk to me about the overall, the NFL season, and finally getting to Super Bowl. How are you feeling? Well, first off, I am uh, I'm glad to be back. We, uh, we took a little two-week hiatus. We thought that after the conference championship, you know, with the Pro Bowl and, and the week but between the Super Bowl and the championships that we would take some time off, and it's a big episode this week. I'm, I'm proud that the NFL was able to get this season done. You know, no games were canceled. Uh, I read where there was almost one million corona tests uh, taken by NFL players and staff this year. So just props to them, and I'm, I'm really excited for this weekend. Yeah, so we're going to have a fun episode this time, talking about Super Bowl and all that. But before, we're going to talk about, you know, college football, get into our group. But, Humph, we have a really special guest today. I'm going to let you introduce him. So, Humph, tell us who's on the show today. So we've uh, we've kind of been kind of been hitting at it uh, the last couple episodes that we were gonna gonna have a Super Bowl guru, if you will, uh, on Walk On Radio, and, and that Super Bowl guru happens to be my father, Tory Humphreys. Uh, we are we are very excited to have him on the show, Tory. What, hey, what do you have to say? It's great to be here, guys. I'm honored. Uh, I have enjoyed each and every one of y'all's show this year, and uh, I'm just excited to be part of it. And it's cool. It's cool that you're on the show because you know, undoubtedly, you have you have been a day one fan. Uh, you Absolutely, know, I love I love when I send you the episode uh, and you 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 know kind of give your feedback. Uh, you were actually, believe it or not, you were our test dummy when we did our first yes. practice episode. We actually sent it to you and kind of kind of saw what you thought. How do you how do you think we've progressed? As a, as a podcast from episode one now to episode 27? That's a good question. Uh, I think you guys have, have, you can tell that you're more comfortable with each other. A lot of the radio stuff, a lot of this podcast stuff is just building off each other conversation wise. And you guys have done a good job. And, and obviously, I'm a little biased because I, I know you guys, but also the topics, the subjects you talk about are just, they're just great if you're a football fan. And so uh, I think you guys are doing great. And, uh, I love it. Uh, I love your uh, your social media stuff that you do with Twitter, and you have the coaches interaction and stuff. So it's great. Yeah. So Mr. Humphreys, you know, great with the game. He knows the game, loves the game, and I knew Ryan was a perfect fit. And of course, it starts with his dad. He loves sports. Bled right into Humphreys. But before we get into that, start asking the questions. Humph, want to get a little Bearcat touch up? Talk to us about how the training camp is going. We have a game coming up against uh, Incarnate Word. And talk about the Southland Poles. The Southland Poles came out, and South- Sam Houston was ranked second. Nichols ranked one. Talking about all that. Well, Don, we're getting close, brother. I mean, we're we're filming this uh, on a Wednesday, and uh, we're two Saturdays from game week. And and I, you know, I won't lie. You know, there were doubts at, at times about this spring season, but to me, at this point. It's too late. It's going to happen. Uh, and I'm excited about that. I think I think what the Sam Houston State Bearcats have uh, to, to show on the field this year is going to be special. Uh, I, I'm really optimistic about it. You know, you talked about the polls. Uh, Sam Houston State was picked second uh, in the preseason Southland Spring Poll, which, uh, you know, I know a lot of factors go into it. You know, who's voting, what's their motivation, blah, 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 all that. But, you know, Nichols was picked first. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana, third behind Sam Houston State, and after them it was McNeese. And, you know, I, I know that the Southland is is notorious for kind of beating up on each other. You know, last year we saw that. Three playoff teams got in, and no one really pulled away from the pack. Uh, and, and I think that that could happen this year, but I think that there is going to be a top dog in this conference, uh, especially with, with 
the 16-team playoff field, the, the reduced field, you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me if there's only one playoff team from the Southland, uh, that, and that is the team that wins conference and, and picks up that automatic qualifier. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. We're starting to get rolling in the season. We have a McNeese versus Tarleton in one week. That's going to be a really fun game. So, Mr. Humph, let me ask you, as a fan, outside looking in, of course, we're players. We're a little bit biased, and I know you know the uh, FCS football pretty well. So give me your opinion on the Southland Conference, the outlook of it. What do you think is going to happen with the Southland? Well, I think that it is. Uh, I think it's been a really good conference. I know that um, with the recent Texas Four moving to the WAC coming up, that there's been some talk that you know you kind of had these four that financially and commitment wise were maybe a little separated from the other four or the other ones. But uh, on the field wise, the, the the two or three years that I've been involved in it, uh, it just seems like every team could win every Saturday, and and that's happened a lot. And so. Uh, I think the outlook is good this spring. I think, like Ryan said, Sela, uh, Sela uh, concerns me a little bit just because we haven't seen a lot of them the last couple of years. Uh, Nichols, I think we know Nichols. Uh, they're good. They lost their quarterback, which I think is a huge loss uh, at any level, but particularly if you lose a guy like that at the FCS level. Um, Incarnate Word lost their quarterback. Um, Abilene Christian, of course, is not playing. And so uh, I think, you know, it's probably not something the coaches would say, but I think it's ours to lose. I think if we've got the talent, we go out and take care of business. Uh, Sam Houston State is going to be the automatic qualifier. And another question for you. Humph asked this really good question to the FCS Nation Radio, and he said North Dakota State versus the field. So what's your opinion? you think this is going to be another year for North Dakota State? think there's going to be more competition? Or, like I said, is this North Dakota State's to lose? Oh, I think I think uh, I think they're the favorite, and I would if if I was betting on this, I would bet everything I had on the field. Uh, I think North Dakota State is the favorite; they have to be. Uh, but the unique season, coupled with the fact that they lost a quarterback that's going to be a top whatever ten pick in the NFL draft, that's going to be hard to replace. And I know they lost another couple of guys that are NFL guys, and they're going to be great, no question about it. But if I was if this was if there was a time where I would bet the field, it would be right now. So, uh, Humph, getting to talk about more FCS football, we had a couple announcements while we were on a little break, and that was the A Sun and the WAC, the little one year deal. Humph, talk to me about the details was going on here. What's your reaction to it? Nothing confirmed here, but uh, you know the announcement of the A Sun picking up football and adding some some pretty pretty big names in the FCS world. Central Arkansas, Jacksonville State, Eastern Kentucky, Kennesaw State, and North Alabama uh, to move to the Atlantic Sun in 2022. However, the interesting side of that is that there is rumor that Central Arc, Jacksonville State, and Eastern Kentucky are going to play a one-year 2021 fall whack schedule. Uh, and that that's a conference that is all of a sudden uh, you know this was this was a something I talked about on social media all of a sudden the WAC the new the new WAC is is on par with the Missouri Valleys the Big Skies and the CAAs and and honestly I could see that that conference having three or four strong playoff teams come fall 21 so if you had to rank with, let's say that they join the WAC for one year, you had to rank, you know, this little big four that we have coming in now. And like I said, this is only if they confirm staying for the one year. How would you rank that 
putting in the WAC conference? The con- the, how would I rank the conference? Yeah, like, in, in terms go, of, of power. I would go Missouri Valley because they have North Dakota State. Um, and, you know, obviously they have South Dakota State, Illinois State, uh, Northern Iowa, big, big-time programs. And then, man, call me biased, but I would go whack number two. Uh, and then after them, you know, Big Sky is always going to have some some powerhouses. Weber State's always good. Eastern Washington's always good. Uh, Sac State is in the Big Sky, and then the CAA. James Madison's legit. Villanova's legit. Albany. They're they're you know all those programs are absolute great programs, and and those four conferences are going to make up most of a twenty four team playoff field. Honestly. I don't know that any other conference outside of those four would have a second member, you know, behind their automatic qualifier. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Uh, it's going to give us some more competition, hopefully. And, and like we said, this is only if they confirm and join us for the one year. It would be really fun. And uh, it's going to be some really cool games. The tra- Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The traveling opportunities is awesome. Dude. Yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, Jacksonville State is a 10-hour trip. Eastern Kentucky is probably a 13 or 14 hour trip and so just and, and obviously we're moving conferences so there there are neat experiences on the horizon for Sam Houston State. Uh, one more thing involving FCS before we move on and uh, a couple days ago Alcorn State opted out the SWAC conference and uh, I always bring up opting out teams and how this affects FCS. We're kind of moving in we're about a week away from season so this does this change anything i know the swag conference doesn't really have a lot of power but alcorn state did win and they're a very good team what does this effect have on fcs football well i think i think you mentioned it there the swag they they do not have an automatic qualifying spot to the playoffs uh and so to me it's no different than the ivy league opting out i mean you know that sucks and i, I you know i want everyone to play but at the end of the day they don't affect the national championship, uh, and so to me, like I said, it's getting late. It's it's getting really late to uh, cancel the season for teams to opting out, and I just I see on social media too often teams talking about how excited they are. And you're still I mean, you're still at ninety five or sixteen. Right, right, and and I just I see I see too many teams you know releasing countdowns or releasing you know uniform drops or just or or the big sky commissioner has come out multiple times and talked about how excited he is for the season so just with all those factors considered no that doesn't worry me at all i think the big thing too when it comes to fcs football is money i think a lot of teams need this money for they need the spring season to get the money in for the upcoming season so i think it's really important i I agree with you i don't think there's going to be a big effect uh, on fcs football and one more thing the last thing we're going to talk about later as fcs football kind of rolls but a quick early early mcneese versus tarleton if you had to pick a team right now who would you go and how's this game look Mm. It's it's yeah. honestly it's tougher than you think. Uh, you know, if you're not an FCS person, you might look at it and go, ah, Tarleton. It's their first Division One football game uh, ever. But don't forget that Tarleton was a top five Division Two football program uh, two years ago. And you know, McNeese. Uh, if you keep up with the Southland, you know that they had some preseason preseason All Conference guys opt out or transfer. So. I don't know. I, I I could see Tarleton in this one, but just because it's their first game, I will take McNeese. Is it uh, is it in uh, Stephenville? No, it, it's at McNeese. It's at McNeese. Yes. Okay. And I heard, you know, we we didn't get to experience. We got to play at McNeese, and uh, it, it was raining really hard, so we didn't get to experience a full crowd. But I heard the whole the whole it's a play, yeah. great place to play, Mister Humph. If you had to pick between McNeese and Tarleton, who would you take? I would take McNeese for this reason. Uh, this off season, they have gone through uh, tons of. Um, 
bad things, not only with Corona like everybody else, but they had the terrible hurricanes, uh, flooded their stadium. Uh, and they got so new turf. They yep, got new turf, great. and so they've just they've done an incredible job just to get to this point. And so I would think that uh, their coaches and their players are fired up, ready to play. Uh, based on what they've gone through. So I, I would take McNeese. And if you don't know, uh, their starting quarterback is Coach O's son. Yes, yeah, LSU, LSU Coach O. Yeah, and so right. I'm, I'm sure that you know a guy like that, I'm sure he's pumped about a spring season. You know, he, he, he doesn't get to devote all yeah. of his time to his son's games because he's the head coach at LSU. Right, so I'm, right. I'm sure that he misses uh, – I think his name is Cody Ogeron. I'm sure that he misses – some of his games, so this spring will be an awesome opportunity yeah. for him. Yeah, and that's what uh, FCS Nation Radio said. What a cool story it would be if McNeese, even though they're on a postseason ban, if they could have a great run and have a great season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We play them last. It's going to be really fun. They yep. come to Sam Houston to play us. Yep. It's going to be a really cool game. It's going to be really fun to watch. That's all FCS football for now. We're going to get rolling into it once the Super Bowl is over. The only thing is left is FCS football. But first, we're going to talk to Mr. Humph. We're going to ask him some mm-hmm. questions. And the first thing I want to ask you is uh, talk to me about your upbringing. And I know you're a big sports guy, so yeah. talk to me your life as a child with sports and uh, what got you to love football so much. Well, uh, again, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, my dad was a, was a uh, high school basketball coach um, in, in his early adult life and then refereed for a number of years. Uh, I just, you know, he kind of instilled to me the competitiveness side of things, and I was really blessed growing up with a, with a group of guys in my class that were very competitive, and so uh, we had we had really really good teams uh, through through my high school years, and so uh, I just fell in love with sports and uh, had some success. Um, but the Super Bowl in particular. Uh, the thing that I loved about the Super Bowl when I was a kid and the thing that I love today, uh, it's, you know, this is not basketball or baseball where it's best of seven. It's one game. It's one night. Some Half these guys are going to wake up the next morning as world champions, something that, you know, when, when they die, that's going to be one of the first things that's said about them. And so just the, the finality of you're a champion in one night always appealed to me. And so um, – just fell in love with uh, with uh, all sports, um, but but particularly football and and the uh, the NFL. So let me ask. I have a question for both Humphreys. Actually, what was your earliest Super Bowl memory? You go uh, mine is easy. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, Super Bowl ten. Uh, it was my beloved Dallas Cowboys versus the hated Pittsburgh Steelers. When I was a kid, I did not understand. I thought it was good and evil. I did not understand <laughs> why anyone would root for the evil Steelers. As I've grown, I've understand that there are uh, there are uh, fans of all teams. But as a kid, Super Bowl ten uh, it was following the nineteen seventy five season, uh, so it was January of ninety of seventy six. Uh, a little side note there: that both teams had the little bicentennial patch. That was a big deal, 1976. But uh, so my first Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl that I remember was Super Bowl 10. Watched it at my grandfather's house. Uh, the Steelers won 21 to 17 in Tampa, Florida. Um, that game is notable for a lot of things. You, if you've watched any Super Bowl highlights at all, you've seen the famous Lynn Swan catches where he's diving over and reaching over the guy who's on was Mark Washington. He made some incredible catches, uh, but a great game. Uh, uh, I got to tell you one more thing about that game that's really cool. So uh, the last touchdown the Cowboys scored in that game to cut it to four uh, was to a guy named Percy Howard, okay, for the Dallas Cowboys. It's the only, not only the only touchdown of his career, it's the only catch he ever caught in the NFL. 
was a 34-yard touchdown in the Super Bowl from Roger Staubach. And the great story behind that is, so the Cowboys receiver, Golden Richard, gets hurt the play before. Percy Howard comes in. He runs a play or whatever. He comes back to the huddle. Again, he has no catches in his career. He tells Roger Staubach, man, hey, that guy can't hold me. Well, the guy he was talking about was Mel Blunt. Oh. <laughs> and so that's a great story for Super Bowl Ten. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it here, and you you and I know this because we've this has happened so many times in our life, but there's a weird thing where you do one thing and then exactly 30 years yeah, later, it's very strange. The, the same thing happens. It's we, happened for us many times. We had the same exact knee surgery almost 30 years to the to day. The day. <laughs> Graduated high school almost 30 years to the date. Yeah. A couple other things, but... Yeah. You said your first Super Bowl was Super Bowl 10 that you remember? Mine would be Super Bowl 40. And that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers Steelers versus the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Jerome Bettis, Heinz Ward, you know, they beat Matt Matt Hasselbeck, uh, the the Seattle quarterback. But, you know, I would definitely say that that was my first Super Bowl that I distinctly remember watching. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Yeah, great Super Bowl. Um, Sean Alexander. Yep. uh, A lot of kind of that era where it was the end of, of. before my football watching time, but I was old enough to respect those those yeah. legends. You know, Troy Polamalu, oh, yeah. player, players like that. Um, but obviously, you know, there's been some in the last 10 or 15 years, there's been some yeah. incredible Super Bowl moments, sure. uh, and I'm sure that we will get into that as the show goes on. And I really hope that one day, Humph, you will be able to watch your Cowboys in a Super Bowl. You're not there yet. It's going to happen, I promise. My favorite, my earliest Super Bowl memory, and y'all going to have to tell me which one it is. I know y'all know it. But the one where David Tyree had the helmet catch yeah, for the New York Giants. 42. 42. That was my first Super Bowl. And I remember asking my dad that night, hey, Dad, what is your favorite football team? And whatever team he would have said on that night is the team I would have been rolling with. He said the Green Bay Packers. The rest is history. And that was my favorite team then on. So I asked about earliest Super Bowl memory. Now I have to ask, what is your favorite Super Bowl memory? We've all had the big one or, or you're seeing your team win. So I'm at both of y'all again. What was your favorite Super Bowl memory? Unfortunately, he has a, a, a much, better, a much, much yeah. better group of, of uh, fun memories than I yeah. do. Um, man, I would say my favorite has to be, I mean, 12 was so incredible. I was a kid, Super Bowl 12, but uh, uh, probably Super Bowl 28, in large part because I was in the stadium. Uh, Cowboys over the Bills, 30-13 to 13 in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I was in the stadium. Uh, we, My wife and I. I hadn't been married very long, and we stayed at the Cowboys Hotel. Uh, and and uh, whatever money that I had in the bank as a young man, let's say I had whatever $2,000 to my name, I spent $2,000 uh, <laughs> for that Super Bowl week, and uh, it was an incredible uh, lifetime experience. Uh, but uh, I've had a lot of great experiences, uh, and that's the neat thing about the Super Bowl that we'll get into is, uh, for me, it's not just the game, it's just – if you t- if you if you talk about a game, I can tell you where I was when I saw it, who I was with when I saw it, and and just just those memories are so cool. Well, and I I was I was gonna say the exact same thing. I told Dalton when we were watching the national championship uh, a month ago, Alabama and Ohio State. I I you know I love big moments in sports yeah. because I can I can tell you exactly yeah. where I was, what I was thinking, and and what I was doing in that moment. You know, the Vince Young. It, yeah. Rose Bowl. I know where I was. Oh, I yeah. know where I was when David Tyree made yeah. the catch. I, I remember where I was when when uh, the New England Patriots throw throws picks off picks off Russell Wilson on the one yard line. Just just yeah. things like that, and that's that's really special to me. Uh, but as far as my favorite Super Bowl memory, 
Man, tough to be the 28-3 comeback mm-hmm. by Tom Brady against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, yeah. it, unbelievable. 51. Great memory, too. Uh, unfortunately, like I, I said before, you haven't had to experience your team winning a Super Bowl. I did. I wasn't there, unfortunately. I, I was watching on TV. but 45. S- yep, something special about watching your boys win the Super Bowl after all the hard work. I, I was so nervous. And watching them win, it, it was such a great moment. Got to buy the T-shirt. Had the, the cheese head on. That was in Dallas. It was in Dallas. It's probably uh, my least favorite of all 54. Uh, That's my least favorite because it was, was Packers-Steelers. And it was in my stadium. Yeah. Uh, and and I know weeks, y'all hate the Packers. Oh, I hate the Packers. I, there's one. He hate, he there are two the Packers. There are two Packers that I love, and I will always love. Number one is Brett Favre. Oh. I think he's incredible. And the other Packer that I love is Forrest Gregg. Oh man, uh, he's from our hometown, and so uh, we we're always going to be Forrest Gregg fans. Hey, I was the last. Yes, I was the last recipient of the Forrest Gregg MVP award wow. uh, during during his lifetime. That's correct. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. He's. He's actually got a Forrest Gregg jersey signed by Forrest Gregg, yep. so that's that's really neat. And yeah. uh, Vince Lombardi said he was the greatest player Vince he ever coached. coached. Yep. Vince Lombardi, yeah. But uh, love love watching my boys win. Uh, that'll be my favorite moment. I was hoping to have another moment this year. Watch my boys win another one. Unfortunately, the Bucks they came in and won. We're gonna talk about that later. Bro, I just choked. Yeah, I don't I don't want to get into that one. <laughs> another question about the Super Bowl, and uh, this is mostly to you because uh, you know you probably have a big family outing for the Super Bowl. So I want to ask you, what kind of Super Bowl traditions do you have? Do you have any certain things that you do every Super Bowl Sunday? I'm going to jump in and steal this one. So yeah, no. Tory Humphreys hates watching games uh, with with really anyone outside of me. I'll be honest. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I mean, he's been to Super Bowl parties. I remember Super Bowl parties when when I was younger, but that yeah. that pretty much stopped uh, after yeah. about the first or second time we ever did that. He doesn't like hearing people talk. He wants to watch the game, and and you know, I love my mother and my sister yes, to death, yes, yes. but man, sometimes when they come in on a big game, it's time for them to leave. You well, know? <laughs> and it's Super Bowl. I mean, I don't like it any Sunday ever. I did, Ryan is the only guy that's acceptable, uh, but man. Super Bowl, it's magnified because you have people watching it that's the first time they've watched all year. They don't know anything. Yep. And I'm not, you know, for me, it's not fun and games. It's business. And so, no, I do not do Super Bowl parties whatsoever. Yeah, no, I, yeah. No. I definitely, definitely know exactly where you're coming from on that. And, and honestly, as I've gotten older, I've understood that more. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm a huge, huge fantasy football guy. Dalton knows that. I don't know, something about just sitting there and, and fully, fully focused on what's going on and not not really worrying about the outside world is, is definitely the way to go. That's the way to go. Another question on that, you know, talking about, you know, watching the game and, and having a good time. Is there a certain – and a lot of people always talk about the kind of food you eat in the Super Bowl. There's always a little f- Super Bowl snacks to grab them. Is there a certain food that y'all make or something that y'all had where you would always make it during Super Bowl? Is it just kind of whatever's there you kind of eat? Man, our standbys, <laughs> pizza. <laughs> We've ordered pizza probably about 90% of all NFL football Sundays since I was about eight. Now, the, so. the, thing there is, <laughs> the thing there is you order it early because I do not want to interrupt game time to go see the pizza guy. Yeah, about It's got to be early. You, you, you know, you call about, mm, I don't know, 11, yeah. 11.05, 11.10. It's there by 11.45, yeah. and by 12, it, it's go time. Yeah. Now, uh, the final thing for the Super Bowl, and uh, a lot of people that are watching the Super Bowl for the first time, they go for the commercials. You know, they don't watch football at all. They watch commercials. Humphreys, if you had to pick, 
you know, which company does the best commercials? Which one are you going to go with? I know Doritos is always up there. You always have the Budweiser's. Which one would you say is the number one making the best commercials? So I was going to say that Doritos seems to always have really, really solid commercials. Pepsi is going to have really solid commercials. But it seems like my all-time favorite uh, – the E Trade baby, uh, <laughs> I, how many ever years that back? Good. That that trend, I, I thought that that was hilarious. Yeah, it was good. And uh, one more, one more question, and and I know y'all are mostly the football guys. You you like watching the football game, but the halftime show, big performance, they always go really big. Is there a performance that y'all remember or really appreciated, and uh, which one would it be? Well, uh, again, I'll take Super Bowl twenty eight because I was a part of the halftime show. It was Travis Tritt, and uh, they every when you came in, they gave everybody a pa- packet, and it had different color flashlights in it. And when they turned the lights out at halftime, they instructed you what color light to show for that for that moment. So uh, so you could say I was a little bit a part of Super Bowl twenty eight, but uh, uh, you know I don't I don't I don't I don't get into those much. I mean, there's some famous ones. Obviously, Prince was incredible when he did his, but. Uh, uh, mostly I'm analyzing the first half at that point. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I, I pay attention to it because it's on and, you know, it's cool. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm not a music guy, but I just, I don't know. I don't really get into the whole halftime show yeah. spizzazz. I, I'm, I'm, it's more of a, of a, a breather between halves. You know, I can really, yeah. I can really think about what's going to happen in the second half. What about you? Do you have any specific? Yeah, I'm show? kind of on board with y'all. You know, uh, if the if my guys aren't in, if the Packers aren't in it, I'm kind of paying attention, kind of not. I like watching commercials, but the halftime show. You know, I'm taking a break. I'm going to do something else. Uh, like you said, Prince. I I didn't get to watch it live, but I saw it on YouTube, and I thought the yeah. Prince one was really cool. It yeah. was raining, yep. and he was you know throwing the guitar around, doing oh, his yeah. thing. So I would say Prince, even though I didn't get to watch it live, I thought it was a really cool moment. Yeah. Uh, another question for both of y'all, and we know that with the COVID situation, the Super Bowl is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Things going to have an effect on the game, and I know I asked you. Humphreys a long time ago are they going to allow fans it seems like they're going to do that yep. but what kind of effect is not having a full stadium going to do to the Super Bowl I want to say first that I did say that there was no shot that there would not be fans at the Super Bowl That's I, 100%. I mean, yeah. it was not going to happen I, and you were you were telling me that they're letting in 25,000 yeah. is the announced but but my guess is it'll be 40,000 yeah. uh, because of the suites and the and the VIPs and all that stuff. So I don't think it'll have. I don't think you'll have any impact. Um, the only impact I would say is that because they've played a full year yeah. with with really basically right. out fans, right. it's going to be loud. I mean, it'll be really loud. Right. Uh, but you know how in in a game like this, the intensity level of these players will be so hyped. It wouldn't matter if it was in the backyard. There will be it yeah. will be intense. So. The fans will be cool. I don't think they'll be. I don't think it'll be a factor. And I think I think that you bring up a good point on the intensity. And I, to me, you know, you're, you, if you look at the scores of of Super Bowl history, regardless of who is the better team, games don't really get out of hand. They're they're. Yeah. The Super Bowl is a close game more times certainly, than not. Certainly in the last 10 or 15 years. For yeah, sure. and, I, and I think that that's just because there's the stakes are so high. Yeah. And, and I mean, they're just you know. Good players are able to take over the game, and, and it just, you know, I 
think we could see a game like that this weekend. Yeah, it's, be, it's really cool, too, that they're also they're giving a lot of free tickets out to the workers uh, yes, and absolutely. nurses and doctors that is, who have been absolutely. handling this, this pandemic. It's a really absolutely. cool thing to get to watch the Super Bowl. Um, I want to ask you kind of a deep question, and you were kind of touching on it earlier, and this is, could be for both of y'all, but what does the Super Bowl mean to you? And you were talking about it a little bit, but overall, what is the Super Bowl for you? Uh, for me, you know, as, as uh, someone who's now about to be 52 years old, uh, Super Bowl to me is a way to mark time, to be honest with you. Uh, I remember teams. I remember players. Again, so much of it is I remember my friends who I was with at certain times. Um, and just, uh, you know, I, I the Super Bowl, the football in general, of you know, what it's done for my son and I and, and how close we are, being able to share that. Uh, to share my love with him uh, and to see him take it to a, to a new level, but uh, to me it means uh, it's it's you're getting an opportunity which you don't get often, but you're getting an opportunity to see a group of guys that are the best of the best in the world achieve the highest peak, and that's a good lesson. Uh, that's a good lesson for all of us to see to see what it takes to get there. Yeah, and I think you know. Uh, Everything, everything I know about football is is thanks to you. I mean, you know, my my love for sports, my love for football, my love for the Dallas Cowboys, my competitive competitiveness. Don, you always say that I never lose anything, and I and I win win at everything I do. He wins at everything he does. I, I don't think I beat him in anything till I was about sixteen. Uh, and but you know that that's true. That, that means a lot to me, and that's you know that's. That, that that's gotten me to where I am today and and that's that's gotten me to where I am today with football and I love it and it's a huge part of my life and I touched on it earlier but you know you talk about it marking time you know I'm, I consider myself a nostalgic person you know a sentimental person and and it means stuff to me because I can I can when I have a kid one day I can share you know he's talking about his Super Bowl 10 memories well I get to tell my kid one day that you know, Tom Brady went to 10 Super Bowls. I mean, that I know you weren't alive to experience that, but I was alive and a part of that, and it was it was magnificent. And it was just, you know, like you said, the best of the best of the best, you know, competing at the highest level for, for one night. And, and just what goes on in the Super Bowl, what goes on throughout the NFL season is just, it's truly special if, yeah. you're, if you're into it enough. And, and, and don't lose sight of the fact, football's hard. It is hard. It's hard, yeah. man. It's hard. When you get to that, it's just incredible what those guys are able to do. And my, my final last question before we start, we got a little game. We're going to do some pick It's a little personal question for you. You're talking about being uh, being in sports as a kid, but now you're a dad. You get to watch Ryan in high school or yeah. in the Little Leagues, high school, now college. He's becoming a leader, becoming a big-time player. How's that been for you, you know, being a dad and being able to watch Ryan and his success in sports all throughout his life? Well, uh, I never lose sight of the fact of how blessed we are. Uh, the dear Lord, dear Lord has blessed us greatly uh, that, um, that we're able to do that. Uh, you know, Ryan, uh, obviously I wanted him to be good at whatever he wanted to be good at, and, and uh, it was my job to give him those opportunities. Uh, but obviously I was a little partial to sports, and we did some things that are, uh, I guess they're well-known in Silver Springs. We did some things when he was little. Um, I threw probably close to 25,000 tennis balls over our house. He would get in the front yard, I'd get in the backyard, and I would throw them over our house. And he's I'm talking, he's three, four years old. <laughs> and he would have to learn to not only catch them, which is hand-eye coordination, but he would have to go find them coming over the house because you couldn't see them till the end. And then the final piece of it that he didn't know at the time that I was teaching him was was integrity. 
I couldn't see if he caught it or not. He had to tell me the truth. And so things like that just instilled in him. Uh, I remember on y'all's first show, we kind of talked about his youth sports deal. Uh, I was, you know, blessed enough to coach. Uh, I, I love this stat. It means nothing I, in the real world. But the truth is, Ryan played 15 city league, sport, 15 seasons of football, baseball, and basketball. Uh, I got to be the coach of all 15. We played in the city championship 15 years. Uh, and won eleven. Is that right? Won eleven times. Uh, two of the two of the four that we got second in, he wasn't he wasn't old enough to be in that league. Uh, but and hey, I was the best coach because I got out of the car with the best player. Uh, that's, that's advice I would give all coaches: get out of the car with the best player. Uh, but it's been a blessing, man. High school was great. Uh, he had great teammates. He had great coaches. Some those some guys were some of my best friends. He's blessed to be able to play Division One football. He's blessed with the teammates like you and other guys that are around him. And so uh, it's a dad's dream, you know, to be honest. Uh, it's just a dad's dream. Now, you got to see him. You know, he's kind of getting more of a role yeah. at receiver and special teams. But I'm going to ask you this. Freshman year, yeah. Ryan Humphreys gets the special, gets to throw the touchdown. Yeah. I know he probably told you about it. He was telling you to pay attention to TV. But yeah. how nervous were you on that play knowing this was going to be his first snap, his first snap being a touchdown? Yeah, you know, that was crazy. Uh, he called me, I think, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday of that week. Uh, it was the last game of the season. He said, Dad, they put in a trick play for me. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, man, I'm going to throw it. Of course, he's been Ryan's a quarterback his whole life. Uh, so I wasn't worried about that. Uh and he says, man, they're going to see how it goes tomorrow. And if I can do it in practice. So that would have been Tuesday. That would have been Tuesday. Wednesday morning practice is yeah, what he said, about. we're going to see how it goes. And if I can do it, we're, they're going to put it in. I said, all right. So he calls me the next morning. And he says, Dad, I dropped the pass. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this long silence. You know, I'm about, I, I was like, uh, I, I, no, there's no way he dropped the pass. And he goes, nah, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> and so uh, they put it in. We, you know, my wife and I uh, hustled up. We got in the car for sat for that Saturday and drove to Houston. They were playing Houston Baptist. And he told Ryan, kind of told me, hey, we're gonna need the ball around midfield on the was it the left hash, right, right, right hash. If that situation presents itself, we're gonna run it. And uh, Ryan's offensive coordinator from high school, one of great great friend. Uh, him and his wife and family had had come to the game thinking surprised surprised, surprised him. him yeah, I know. Just for the thought that he might get a shot, and sure enough, man, they there here it is. They throw it to him, forty seven yards, his first career snap, uh, and they chunk it deep. He chunks it, dude, and it's on the money touchdown. And one of the cool parts of this whole story is I'm driving home that night back to to Sulphur Springs, and all my buddies are calling me, man. They're all because they'd seen it and everything. <laughs> I get home about two two thirty in the morning. Sit down, get me a glass of milk. I'm trying to unwind. I turn on ESPN, and about the third play I see is there's the right touchdown. <laughs> and they say uh, this is this young man's first collegiate snap. Uh, but I got to tell one more story before we get to Super Bowl. You got time for that? One yeah, more story? yeah, go ahead. Whatever. So great story about Ryan. Ryan's sophomore season in high school. Uh, he he's uh, he gets named the starting quarterback. He started on varsity as a sophomore, but starting quarterback about midway through the season. He started at receiver, and then he moved to quarterback. So he's 15 years old. We're fixing it. We're going to play long the Longview Lobos. So if you know Texas high school football, you know that is a monster of a mountain to climb anytime. But they're number two or three in the state. We're going to play at Longview. Ryan's first career start. He's 15 years old. 
it's pouring down rain, and it's like going to play in. I don't. It's like going to play in a Lambo. Okay, when it's <laughs> when it's when it's freezing. I mean, the bad circumstances. Okay, yeah. we're all we're a team full of sophomores. We're not very good at that moment. So I'm down on the field. Uh, I always help set up the tunnel and all that stuff. We're down the field. They got about 47 Division One athletes on the other side, and so I grab Ryan by the face mask and I say, Ryan, hey, bro. No matter what happens to you in your athletic career, if you go on to play Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, you're never going to have a bigger mountain to climb than you got right now. <laughs> and he turned and ran down the field. We get the ball first. He leads the team down. We go up three to nothing. Yep, three to nothing. We go up three to nothing. Now we lose whatever thirty-one to ten or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But hey, f- first uh, first team to score on the opening drive and all view. season. Yeah. yeah. So so incredible moment. So fast forward real quick. Fast forward to last year. We're at Nichols. We're playing Nichols. They're the number nine team in the country. You guys have tons of injuries. Here's Ryan. He's fixing to play quarterback against the number nine team in the country. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. Before the game, I tell Ryan, I say, hey, Ryan, you remember that talk I gave you about Longview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, this nickel stuff, this ain't nothing compared to – I said, this ain't nothing compared to Longview. <laughs> Well, it's been really fun to play with Ryan. You know, well, thank uh, you. we play a scout team together. Now we've kind of grown up together. We're we're getting more of a uh, prominent role in the team. Scout, scout team, team legends. It makes me appreciate. Yes. Honestly, it makes me appreciate. Yes. The guys that are on scout team now. Obviously, you and I have graduated from that. But it really makes me appreciate. You know, they kind of get thrown to the side. But I look at it, and that that was you and I uh, when we got here, and what we've what we've been able to do in in three years' time is is really special. And and I, I you know. Again, sentimental guy, but I will that that is the driving force in in to keep going and to to reach heights that you know really we weren't supposed to. Yeah, and it, it was super super cool when you had that pass against Houston Baptist. All the scout team guys, we were really proud of you because you knew how hard you worked and uh, you've been doing this your whole life. So it was really cool, and we really appreciate you. A great story, we love to hear it. So before we get in the Super Bowl, this is our time where we do a little fantasy corner. You know, Humphreys gets his five minutes, ten minutes, talks about <laughs> fantasy, but we're gonna give it to you this time. Oh my! And uh, we've talked about your your fantasy league and how special it is to you. So we want yeah. you to kind of explain it. So how to start? How's it going? And uh, if you uh, and I asked Humphreys, you know, next year if you had to pick an early favorites for your yeah. fantasy, who would yeah. you take? So talk, this is your fantasy corner now. Oh, oh wow! Man. Well, I've enjoyed listening to y'all's fantasy corner uh, the this year. Um, uh, I've been my league that I started in 1990 had our 31st year this past year. We were one of the first leagues in America, I'm sure. Uh, back when we were doing it, uh, you know, it was just the Dallas Morning News was the only information you had. There was no uh, there was no uh, internet or anything like that. But uh, we started with a group of guys that were my fraternity brothers uh, at Ken's Pizza uh, across the street from the college in 1990. Uh, I can tell you who I drafted first back then, but uh, uh, we started it, and here we are 31 years later, and the same guys, I had the same guys in the league. There's been one or two partners switch out over the 31 years, but basically it's the same group of guys, and what it's done for us is once a year we have a weekend that we all get together, no matter where we live in, a, in the world, and so it's really kept us uh, kept us going and I'm a big stats guy, so I have every stat of all 31 years of you know win loss and and head to head and all these things, and so it's it's been huge for for me and my buddies uh, to get get to have that. It's it's really unique. Uh, for our 30th, we had it at the Star. We had our draft at the Star in Frisco with Cowboys. 
so that was kind of a neat deal. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I, I love those guys like brothers. Um, uh, I've won it six times, uh, which I'm very proud of. It's very hard to win. That league is the, the uh, top to bottom is incredibly tough. Yep. Uh, but uh, if I had to pick, so what was the question? Who was the, if I had to just pick favorite, for next year? Fa- just your favorites, favorites. next year. Yeah. It's your early, early favorites for next yeah. year, fantasy-wise. Oh, man. Um, well, uh, Jonathan Taylor is, is a guy that may fall. Come on. He may fall <laughs> He may fall to the mid-first round. I'm not sure. Uh, but he's a guy that's upside is tremendous, depending, depending on what they do at quarterback. We'll, they, see, we'll yep. see. I agree with that. Uh, Kamara is obviously Kamara. His situation also is going to depend heavily on what they do at quarterback. Uh, he's, he, his stock actually may go up uh, uh, depending on what happens at quarterback. But uh, I love Derrick Henry running back-wise. Um, I pray that Ezekiel uh, gets some offensive line help again and, and does what he can do. Uh, quarterback-wise, man, I'm a Dak guy. I love Dak. Uh, I know Ryan's a Dak guy. <laughs> Uh, Dalton is not a. Dad. I know he's well, not. Well, no, I, I take that back. Dak's not playing Dalton, for the Patriots. Dalton I've been listening to the Dak. show. We're not doing that. <laughs> Dalton likes Dak. He doesn't like Dak a cow- playing cowboy. for the Cowboys. Yeah, well, and let me tell you something. He's not playing for the Patriots. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Uh, as bad as I hate that guy, uh, my gosh, he's good. Save Humphrey's good. I know. Year. I still yeah. hate him. Uh, but he's a, he's a good player, no doubt. No doubt. But there's going to be kind of a change. The, the quarterback position, it's a new era, I think. You we, know. We've talked about it yeah, many times. You know, this next season is yeah. going to have a mass change at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it's a new era for sure. So, And there were so many great rookie wide receivers this year. Oh, man. Jefferson and, and CeeDee Lamb. And Chase Claypool. Chase Brandon Claypool. Ayoub. Rugg. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it was really cool, you know, seeing your fantasy side and how it affected Humphreys. Humphreys obviously won it this year yeah. with the help of me and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, I don't think it's any coincidence that first year we did walk on radio, I win the Super Bowl this yeah. year. And right. even even our walk on team that we did oh, start off from the came bottom from the dust. Oh, yeah, and, dude. And, rose and I will and, say, I followed y'all's draft. Y'all uh, in all and and I've been in other leagues through the years, so I've probably drafted seventy something times. Y'all had the worst drafting positions I've ever seen. Y'all got terrible draft order slots every round. Uh, a projected 12th place finish, and and what do I always say, Don? Waivers, waivers, Super, Super Bowls. Bowl. We finished third this year, yeah. and I'm proud of that. And I'll, I'll take the blame for myself in the draft. You kind of let me pick players, and I, <laughs> I was picking terrible players. I'm not a fantasy guy, but it's really been really fun to watch uh, people do it, and uh, we love the fantasy corner. And you hopefully bet. next year we're going to have another ring, another championship, and we'll get on to that. So before we talk about this year's Super Bowl hump, you have a little quiz for the Super Bowl guru. So I'm going to hand it off to you. This is your time. We're going to see if he really is the Super Bowl guru. And so it's off to you. All right. So I want to first I want to first put out a disclaimer that I, I, I promise with everything. I know you can't see us, but my dad does not know what I'm about to ask him. He has absolutely no clue. I haven't talked to him. haven't given him any hints, none whatsoever. This is blind. We will see how and, it goes. And I have no laptop. No, he's no, he's not phone. looking up anything. At we're we're all sitting right here, and and I'm I'm gonna ask these, and we'll we'll see what he can do. I'm gonna so I'm his son. I I know that what he's capable of Super Bowl trivia wise. So you know, for the average viewer, these are gonna be tough questions. But I'm gonna start off a little easier for him. Okay. So the first question: What was the score? Oh, scores. What was the score of Super Bowl 32? 
Ah, uh, that and was. And who was in it? And well, who was Super Bowl 32 was uh, the uh, Broncos and the Packers. Yep, that is correct. Uh, the Broncos won. That was the Broncos' first ever uh, Super Bowl win. Um, I tell you, I'll tell you just everything I know about thirty-two. How okay, about that? that's fair. Okay, the head coaches was uh, Mike Shanahan, whose son Kyle Shanahan is the coach of the San Francisco Forty Niners okay. now. Uh, the uh, head coach of the Packers was uh, Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren. They were the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, quarterbacks were John Elway, played at Stanford, uh, and Brett Favre played at Southern Miss. So that that is in the running. Of the greatest quarterbacks to match up, in, in Elway Far is yeah. pretty pretty tough. We yeah. might have a new one this year. Yeah, yeah. could yeah, yeah you could, but that one's in the running for sure. Uh, the MVP of that Super Bowl was Terrell Davis uh, from Georgia, uh, number thirty. Uh, a great little trivia about that Super Bowl. It's really cool that not a lot of people know. Uh, it's it's most known if you think about that Super Bowl, and that's what I love about Super Bowl history. Is if you think about Super Bowl, I think about you know is the famous John Elway helicopter. The helicopter. He gets yeah. hit, spins around. And keep in mind, early in his career, Elway had lost three three Super Bowls, got blown out. So this is – you fast forward 10 years, and now he has a chance. He has Terrell Davis. And so for him to win it – but a cool little thing about that Super Bowl is uh, Terrell Davis is their bell cow. So in the game, second quarter, I believe, they're coming down. Terrell Davis checks out of the game. Shanahan's like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you checking out of the game? He goes, Coach, and he suffered from migraines. He knew he suffered from migraines. He said, I can't see, I can't see anything. Migraine. I can't. He goes, Terrell, if you're not in there, the play action doesn't work. <laughs> Just go back in there. If you watch it, he goes back in there, and Elway grabs him by the arm and he stands him beside him. <laughs> Just so they can fake to him. He cannot see. Wow. Terrell Davis cannot see. Wow. And they run the play action. And then late in that game, another cool thing about that game, I'm talking too much about that game, but another cool thing about that game is the uh, um, uh, the the Broncos let the Packers score late so they could get the ball back to go down and win it. Kind of wow. a cool story. Wow. All right, what's the next one? The, the final score of that one, 34-24. Uh, 31-24. Okay, yeah. Uh, Broncos won, just you like go. you said. So very very impressive, obviously. Next question, where did the winning quarterback from Super Bowl fourteen go to college? Uh, Louisiana Tech. Terry Louisiana Bradshaw. Tech, right? Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Yep. Mm, yeah. Easy one. Easy one. Yeah. He, he snapped that one. Yeah. Okay. We're going we're gonna to step it up a little bit okay. here. Who is the only player – to score three touchdowns in a Super Bowl, oh, not once, but twice. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He scored it in three. Uh, no, he scored three touchdowns in, in a two game. different Super Bowls. Oh, my gosh. I don't know off the top of my head who that is. Uh, I have guesses. You know, I would say Jerry Rice. It's Jerry Rice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jerry Rice. Yeah. Okay, next question. What is the lowest combined Thir- Super Bowl score? 13 to 3. Super Bowl. Uh, that would be uh, 53. Super Bowl 53. Rams and Rams, uh, Patriots. Patriots. Yep. Yeah. Easy one. It's also the only one of only two Super Bowls where a team did not score a touchdown. Wow. The okay. other would be in Super Bowl six. Okay. All right. All right. So the next question, who is the first player to ever score a touchdown in Super Bowl history? Uh, that would be um, 
from White Oak, Texas, Max McGee. He's from his Texas high school football player. Texas high school football. That's fitting. Max McGee. I'll tell you a great. Let me tell you a great story about Max McGee. So Max McGee, he's an older guy by that time. Okay, Super Bowl one comes around. He's an older guy. Doesn't play very much. The starting tight end for the Packers is a guy named Boyd Dowler. Okay. Max McGee, the night before, goes out with his buddies and just gets hammered. Just absolutely gets plastered. He said on the sideline, he's throwing up. He can't. He knows he's not going to play. Had a great time. Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. He was just there to enjoy it. Really. Early in the game, Boyd Dowler separates his shoulder. McGee's in. Mm. They run the play. If you've ever seen the highlight, it's one of the greatest catches you'll ever see by a slow, unathletic, old tight end. And he's coming across the middle. The ball's thrown behind him. He grabs it, runs it in for the touchdown. Wide Oak, Texas, Max McGee. Wow. Unfortunately, who was the winner of Super Bowl One? Oh, yeah. Who is it? Yeah. Forrest Gregg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, our, our high school, actually, when, when the NFL did the uh, 50 I did it for them. The, the, the Super Bowl 50 uh, anniversary all high schools that had a player a part of any, uh, Super, Bowl. Of any Super Bowl got a gold ball. So there, I remember that, yeah. yeah. So there is a gold ball at our high school. I actually sent in the helped helped our coach send in the paperwork That's to the awesome. NFL. Yeah, it's really neat. Uh, so yeah, but the, but but uh, Vince Lombardi, obviously incredible coach against uh, Hank Stram, Bar Star, Lynn Dawson, MVP Bar Star. All right, next question. Obviously, we know who has won the most Super Bowls, yep. being Tom Brady. Patriot. Who has won the second most Super Bowls? Charles Haley, five. Charles Haley. Mm, he won three for the Cowboys, two for the Niners. Nailed it. Okay, next question. We've got – now, okay, just so you guys know, we're about to step it up a little bit. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know that he's going to be able to answer these off of the top of the head. Okay. He might have to think about it. For a second, but these are these are impressive questions. Okay, maybe not this one. You're you're gonna nail this one. But which team has played four Super Bowls and has never led in the game for one single second? So that means they lost all four. The Vikings, the mm. Minnesota Vikings, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Okay, so let's let's step up. Let's step up the questions a little bit. How many and who? Starting quarterbacks oh, have wow. started for multiple teams in Super Bowls. Uh, okay, I will go uh, Craig Morton. That is one. Cowboys and Broncos, lost them both. Uh, uh, Peyton Manning. That is that is correct. He won and lost uh, for the Broncos and the Colts. Kurt Warner. That won, is correct. Won for the Rams, lost for the uh, Cardinals. And then Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Ding, ding, ding. Nailed it. (laughs) Okay, so next question. How many defensive Super Bowl MVPs has there been? Okay. um, Off the top of my head, without counting, I'm going to count to give you an answer. I'm going to say 10, but it, here is the here is the defensive MVPs, okay? Is it 10? It's 10. Wow! <laughs> okay, here, here are the defensive go, MVPs. Go ahead and list them for us. Super Bowl four, Chuck Alley, Dallas Cowboy, West Virginia. Um, Super Bowl twelve, which is very special to me, not only because it's Dallas Cowboys, but there were two defensive MVPs, the only co-MVPs, Randy White, University of Maryland, and Harvey Martin yep. from my alma mater, East Texas State. Mm. Uh, so that's that's three. Uh, Richard Dent, 
Four. For Chicago Bears, Tennessee State. Uh, that's that's how many? That's four? That's four. Um, okay. Uh, Dexter Jackson for Tampa Bay. Okay. Uh, I may have missed one. Let me think. 124, 25, 26, 27. Larry Brown, Dallas Cowboys, TCU. Uh, how many more do I have? Is that five? Oh, that's more than that. Six, six, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I said Dexter Jackson. So 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47. Um, the, uh, the linebacker, Smith, Michael Smith for Seattle. Von Miller yep. for uh, Denver. I think, the, I think you're it. missing one. No, no I'm uh, missing one. Um, what Super Bowl, I'll the, just tell you. The Saints and Colts. No, that's incorrect. He didn't win the Drew Brees. Drew Brees won MVP. Okay. Yeah. So then, so is that all of them? Yeah, I got ten. all ten. So okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. Impressive. So, I got ten. And you're in the colleges too, like that. I'll tell you all the that's colleges. Insane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, the next question: How many Super Bowl MVPs are in the NFL? Hall of oh, Fame. great question! I've never counted that, but I can—I mean, give me time, I can tell okay. you. Okay, all right. So y'all talk amongst yourself, and I'll come up with it. So you got okay. So, Bar Star. Okay, now does that count as two or one? Because he no, won MVP think, no, twice. No, play, no players, players in the NFL Hall of Fame. Okay, Bar Star. Yep, Alabama. Uh, Joe Namath, Alabama. Lynn Dawson, Purdue. So Super Bowl MVPs in the Hall of Fame. There's three. There's three. Um, Roger Staubach, Navy. There's four. Larry Zonka, Syracuse, five. Lynn Stallworth, Franco Harris, six, seven. Belitnikoff, eight. Randy White, nine. Bradshaw, ten. No, Montana, 11. Riggins, 12. Um, Allen, 13. Dent, 14. Rice, 15. No, no. Aikman, 16. Emmett, 17. Young, 18. Uh, no. Elway and Davis are 20. Kurt Warner, 21. I'm almost done. Ray Lewis, 22. Tom Brady, no, he's not. He's not in. So, 22. Uh, Peyton, he's, is he counted in yet? No. He's not, not in. Not, not yet. Yeah. So, I doubt anybody else. Uh, 22. So, 41, 42, 43, 44. 22. It's 22. Yes, sir. 22. Yep. Nailed Man. it. 22. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. And in fitting fashion, yeah. this will be the final question. Oh, man, it's easy stuff, dude. How many FCS, FCS. players have <laughs> won the Super Bowl MVP? Okay. And, I, and just, just so you know, I do not think that – I think it is counting true FCS schools, so like Harvey Martin would not be counted no. in this. The answer is six plus one. Harvey Martin is the seventh one. I'm counting him. He's Division Two. The answer is six. Yes. yes. So the six MVPs of FCS are uh, Phil Sims, Moorhead State. Great story about that Super Bowl. You know how they always say I'm going to Disney World? Mm-hmm. Phil Sims is the first one. Really? Wow. You know how the Gatorade dump is like a thing now? Super Bowl 21. Wow. That's the first one. Wow. So Phil Sims, Super Bowl 21. Super Bowl 22, back to back, Doug Williams, Grambling. Yep. So back to back FCS guys. Okay. Um, Super Bowl 20. 
This is gonna, you're gonna think I'm crazy here. Super Bowl twenty three, FCS. So back, to, so back to back to back. To back. Wow. Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State. Wow. Mm. So those three, and then um, so I got three more. Um, you had uh, uh, Kurt Warner, Northern Iowa. Yep. Two more. Um, you had uh, oh uh, oh man, how could I forget? Joe Flacco. Oh, oh yeah. Coach Keeler's oh, man. Coach Keeler. Coach Keeler's <laughs> man. Uh, and so I'm missing one. Is that right? Yeah, I still I think it's still one to get. Uh let me think. Yeah. So 48, 47. You meant you mentioned him earlier already in mentioned the show. Him. Yeah. Uh Richard Dent. Oh yeah, Richard yeah, Dent. Yeah, Tennessee you, State. You said him earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tennessee State. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that is that round of applause. Well, wow, yeah. Very impressive. I mean, definitely a Super Bowl guru. That's insane. He was able to name not only the player, the colleges, and the and the Super Bowl. I thought one more cool thing out there. So there's only been one quarterback that was not an FBS or FCS quarterback that started a Super Bowl. Their their teams now are FBS, FCS. What I'm saying. There's only been one that started a Super Bowl that was not either one of those. It was they're they're a Division three team. Okay, who's that? It's Ken Anderson, Augustina College. Cincinnati Bengals. I've heard, August, I've heard Augustine. Cincinnati yeah. Bengals, uh, Super Bowl uh, 16. Wow. Wow. So, wow. Well, we have ourselves a Super Bowl guru on here. Yeah. That is I know what I do, could, man. I know we could go on for forever, yeah. but obviously, Walk On Radio Nation can easily see that you are the smartest Super yeah. Bowl guru in the world. And the great thing is, is all those years, my wife and everybody says, man, you know, what's good is, what's, what are you going to use that stuff for? Well, now, <laughs> now I have, I know what I used it that for. you used it. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we have the Super Bowl guru out of the way, it's time for the Super Bowl guru to talk about the Super Bowl coming up. That is the Bucks versus the Chiefs. We're either going to have a back-to-back Super Bowl champion or a Super Bowl champion that wins at their home stadium. Yeah. So we have a super pick we're going to do. And right. before we do which that. Fun, which fun fact about what you said, it is the first time in yeah. Super Bowl history that the Super Bowl is being played at the home stadium of one of the Super Bowl teams. And, of course, Correct. Tom Brady. Of course it's Tom, Tom Brady. Of course that Tom Brady. So the AFC Championship, the Chiefs, they beat the Bills 38-24. NFC Championship, the Bucks beat Green Bay 31-26. So I'm going to ask both of y'all. Talk to me about this Super Bowl. What are you What are you excited for? Looking for in this game? We have the goat versus the future baby goat. We don't know Patrick Mahomes. He's he's going up there to be one of the greatest players eventually. So talk to me about Super Bowl Fifty Five, and then we will go into the pick'em. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fun Super Bowl. I'm yeah, you know I, I obviously I, I don't really have a true true dog in this fight. Um, you know I don't I don't think I'm particularly. Over rooting for a team, I, I'm rooting for the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes. He he, he grew up about an hour uh, from from where I did. He played played our high school a couple of times, so that's really neat as a East Texan. But you know, I, I'm not on the Tom Brady bandwagon. I'm not on the Tom Brady hate train, but I can definitely respect the man. I mean, no what doubt. he no what doubt. he has been able to do is simply unbelievable, and and we're never going to see anything no. like it unless. Mahomes. <laughs> Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes. Mahomes is. This is probably the greatest start to a career in NFL history, and I and I think it's special that 
they're meeting up in the Super Bowl. I agree with all that for sure. Yeah, and it takes away the argument, you know, a lot of people said that Brady's only winning because he's with Belichick. He's only winning because he's on the Patriots. He goes to the Bucks and in one year brings him to the Super Bowl, which is insane. That, that argument is, is null and void in, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, solidifies the GOAT. You know, yeah. people talk about most talented, me. I'm the one that says, you know, maybe Rodgers a little bit better thrower, but at the end of the day, Tom Brady is the GOAT. I will agree on that. So let's get into this super pick We have a lot of interesting things we're going to pick. And the first one is a national anthem. You know, Every year there's a singer, goes crazy on it, sings his heart out, sings his or her heart out. So we're going to do the over-under of 121 uh, seconds. So, Ryan, we're two, going to start with two you. Two minutes, one second. Okay. Two minutes and one second. Uh, so I looked up who it was. It's a country music singer. Uh, and and for that, I am gonna take. It's over. I'm gonna take the over. I, I think that you know we're gonna see. When does it start? I, when his instrument starts? I would think. I would think when the instrument. He's starts. He's gonna open up with with a pretty substantial yeah. you know guitar solo. I would think so. Two minutes and one second. I'm taking the over. And yeah, take the over. I mean, if I if somebody asks me to sing the national anthem Super Bowl, I'm not Russian. This, this yep. is my only shot ever at. at Fifty billion people. Yeah. Hi, man. We're gonna take a while. Yeah, you know. But yeah, and isn't it like two people or something? Uh, yes. Yeah, so they're gonna have to do the whole. It's, it's yeah, gonna be, it's gonna be over. What do you think, Dalton? Well, I went to the over, but I had to think about it because look, as a country music singer, and normally they don't like to hold the notes very long. You know, That's they kind of get their little twang in and out, and they but. I that think very, you need a lot of instruments. I think the very end, that last note, normally that's the just big one. Put it over. I think that one's going to put it over by barely enough. So I'm going with the over as well. The next one. You, so, uh, for, so since there's so many, you pick first on this next one. Okay. And then we'll, so ev- every pick will okay. we'll switch and snake draft. That's fair. So the next one is the coin toss. Is it going to be heads or tails? And my thing is tails never fails. <laughs> of course, that is the answer. So I'm going tails. Tails never fails. Yeah, no question about Ta- it. Yeah. Tails never I, fails. I, I, you're pretty much an idiot if you pick tails <laughs> yeah. on anything. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Matt Hasselback here. Yeah, we're gonna uh, put the ball we're, and we're, we're gonna, gonna win. We're gonna take the ball and we're gonna <laughs> win. Yeah, Give it. me tails. Yeah. So next up, we have the player that is going to score the first touchdown. Ooh, this is a tough, tough one. You know, it depends who gets the coin toss, maybe an interception, a turnover. So, Humph, who's the first person that's going to score? It's tough. Obviously, you know, if there's a touchdown on the first drive of the game, whoever gets the ball first, obviously if that guy, if your team doesn't get it, it's it's obviously the odds are stacked against you. You can't really say Mahomes or Brady here. Because no, they're, not, they're not running quarterbacks, so no. that would be tough. Um, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey in this one. I like Kelsey because uh, keep in mind Tampa Bay in Week 12, Tyreek Hill had what 847 yards yeah, receiving. Yeah, he, he was on pace to yeah. break the so, receiving record. So, which is. 383, I believe. Uh, Philip Anderson. Three, is it 330? Flipper, Flipper Anderson. 335? No, 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 no. It's 336. Flipper Anderson. I will, I will I bet you. confirm that. I bet you it's Flipper Anderson. <laughs> I anyway, know Flipper Anderson. Yeah, but. 336, I think. See if that's right. Anyway, so, so, um, what is it? So while Humph is looking it up, I'm going to jump in. Flipper Anderson, 336. Flipper Anderson, <laughs> man. 336. The Super Bowl guru, my God. Yeah, and that wasn't even Super Bowl. But, but my point was. Because Tyreek Hill killed them, you got to think they're playing a coverage early on at least, not letting that happen. So a dump underneath to Kelsey seems to be the most likely. 
Yeah, we're kind of on the same uh, tail here. I also went Travis Kelsey, and I thought about it. I said I was going to go whoever gets the coin toss, the tight end, but Gronk doesn't get a lot of touches anymore. He's kind of become more of a blocking tight end. I like Travis Kelsey, but Tampa Bay has really good linebackers, Devin White and Devon, yes. and uh, Levante David. Devin White is awesome. Both yes. great linebackers, that. but, I mean, Travis Kelsey was third in the NFL in reception as a tight end. Mm. He, he's a great player, and being a tight end, I felt like I had to pick either one, Gronk or Kelsey, so I went with Travis Kelsey because I think the Chiefs are going to be such a high-powered offense. They're going to do really well. Next one we're doing is the first penalty. I will go first. I was going to pick pass interference because, you know, the, a lot of those calls get called pretty early. The cornerbacks get a little touchy. Depends on how the ref want to play the game. They're going to let them play a little bit. So I'm going to switch it up. But I'm going to say holding is the first is the first call. Uh, uh, offense? Yes. Okay. The defensive line, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, he's a great pass rusher. I think there's going to be a holding call first. One of the linemen is going to be tugging a little bit. So I'm going with holding. What do you got? Man, I'm going defensive holding because defensive I think the holding. first time Tyreek Hill does the double move, gonna he him. gets tackled. <laughs> uh, I will go, and and you you talked about this, but I'm going to go defensive pass interference. Um, seems like that's the most common penalty. You know, they call it, they don't call it. We'll get a we'll get a feel early on in the game what those refs are thinking. But give me defensive pass interference. Next one up, we have the longest successful field goal. Now, you know, we got Mahomes, we got Brady. There's going to be a lot of touchdowns being scored, but uh, there might be a field goal once in a while. Both defenses are very talented. So what is the longest successful field goal going to be? There, I, I will bet that there's definitely a field goal made in this game, uh, and I think the longest one made will be 46 yards. I'm going 46 yards. Um, it's outdoors, Tampa. Weather will be great. Is it? Do we know that it's not going to rain? As of now, they haven't said anything. Oh, it okay. rains every day in Florida, but it's only, but about, it's, only about 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, right. Um, I'll go 51. Uh, I'm going 45. You put it one one above me, but uh, I think 45 will be the longest one. Uh, we might get a couple misses too. Uh, but, you yep. know, both kickers are okay, but we've seen a couple misses from both sides. I'm going 45. Next one up is which quarterback is going to have more passing yards, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? Tom Brady's kind of, you know, he's not the same quarterback he was. He still gets it done. Of course, there's Patrick Mahomes. My answer is I think it's an easy one. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I don't think if the Bucs win the Super Bowl, I don't think it's going to be or going to be because of Tom Brady. I think he's going to do his thing and he's going to score a couple touchdowns, but I think Mahomes is going to have more yards and he's going to have a great game. So I'm going Patrick Mahomes. Agree. Yeah, I'm going Mahomes. Uh Brady's going to play. He, he He's going to come out to play. He always does in the limelight. You don't think the spotlight will be too big for Brady? Yeah, is that what you're saying? I, I think he is the epitome <laughs> of been there, done that. But give me Patrick Mahomes. That just kind of fits into what the Kansas City Chiefs do. Uh, next up, we're talking about passing yards. The next one is the receiver with the most yards. Both teams have really good receivers. This is a great Pump. receiving That's Super great Bowl. Question. Who is going to have the most yards? I mean, you've got, you've got Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. You've got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronkowski, maybe Antonio Brown. I mean, mm. what a what a group of receivers. I'm gonna I'm going all in on Travis Kelsey for my betting uh, in this one. I think that you know what you said about Tyreek Hill. There's going to be a big emphasis to stop him. Uh, and, and Kelsey, I could see him having 10 or 11 catches, mm-hmm. 150, 160 yards in this one. I agree. 
Uh, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going Mike Evans. I was just talking about Tom Brady saying that he's not going to do a lot. But I think Mike Evans is going to be a problem. During the Green Bay game, he had a touchdown, but he kind of struggled a little bit. He was up against Jair Alexander, one of the better corners in the NFL. I think Mike Evans has himself a game today. Uh, I don't know if it's going to change the outcome of it, and we're going to talk about that one later. But I think Mike Evans is going to have himself a game. Next up, we have the over-under with points. The number is 56.5. I'll go first. I'm saying over. This is going to be a matchup, an offensive nightmare. Definitely going to be over for me. So that is my choice. Go ahead. So I, you know, we'll get to my pick and my score here, here pretty shortly. And when I was thinking, looking at the over-under number, my initial thought was under. But then... I decided what I'm going to go with my score. Actually, ended up being over. So, give me the over in this one. Uh, I'm going to go under. I'm taking. I'm going to go under. Okay. All right. It's going to be. It's going to be really interesting. Next one up, and this is going to be our pick 'em. Our official pick 'em is going to be what we think the Super Bowl score is going to be, and therefore who is going to win the Super Bowl. This is a big one, Huff. I've been killing you in pick 'em. We might have the oh, same God. answer. We've got. We've got to. I'm going to have to count all that up just to, <laughs> to formally crown you because you dominated me oh, this year. But yeah. you know, like you said, you were the fantasy guy. I was the pick 'em guy. Uh, it was really fun. But this is the official last one for the NFL. So give me your score and give me your winner. Well, you know. I'm really excited for this Super Bowl. I've enjoyed NFL all season. I've enjoyed picking games, whether I've been successful or not. Uh, You know, I pointed out, I said before the playoffs started, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scared me. If they could string off a couple wins, they had a group, they had a Tom Brady at quarterback and a very, very talented defense, a good enough team to win the Super Bowl. But... I do not think that they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in this one. I do, however, think that this is a one-score game. I think it is a classic Super Bowl, a Super Bowl that we'll talk about from years to come, the GOAT versus Baby GOAT, whatever you want to call it. I'm going final score, Kansas City 31, Tampa Bay 27. Mm. And And I'll go a step further. I'll bet that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the ball with a chance to win it, and they do not get it done. That is my prediction. Wow. That so is my prediction. So you don't believe one. in the Brady comeback? I, I, I think that – and I, that's another great point. I could see it being a 11-point game, maybe score a touchdown to make it a four-point game. They stop the Chiefs with an awesome defense that they have, and they come up short. They come up short. Wow. Yeah. Yep. What do you got? Me? Yep, you. Uh, I'm going 31-24. Chiefs to just slip in the under the over under just slip in the under, um, but similar scenario that you've got there, um, but I think that uh, I think the only difference is is that it's tied late. Uh, Brady scores to tie it with maybe maybe a minute and a half left. Uh, Mahomes works him down the field. And, uh, and Mahomes pulls a Brady. Mahomes pulls a Brady, and Tyreek Hill says, "Hey, I'm the best athlete in the stadium." All right, he's going game winner. So I'm the best. Touchdown. Yeah, I'm the best athlete in the stadium, and I'm going to do something. And uh, my hope, my great hope, is that it's on some incredibly designed heroic play, and then the next morning, because it's such an incredible play, the next morning that Eric by enemy 
is hired as, <laughs> as a, head a head coach somewhere because he deserves it. Yeah, <laughs> and he's the OC of Kansas City, so he deserves it. Well, y'all know who I am. If you if you watch, if you listen, you know I like picking the underdog. You're and not uh, gonna do it's it. It's crazy that the Bucks are the underdog with Tom Brady, but look. I'm not going to do it, but I had to really think about it. The Bucks are playing a home game, yeah, which is insane. And that, that, that is really important. And it's Tom one. Brady. That's crazy. Yep. And uh, I had to watch you know, my Packers kind of get destroyed by the Bucks. It, it was a rough game. Thank God. But I saw what Aaron Rodgers could do to that defense, and uh, they almost let the comeback happen. Look, I, I've always slept on the Bucks defense, but, man, uh, this offense is not the Packers' offense. And what we were able to do to them, I think uh, the Chiefs will be able to do them and to a higher level. I'm going 35-28 Chiefs, but it's not going to be very close. I think uh, Brady will make you're it close in the end. But I think uh, Chiefs are going to start hot, and they're going to stay hot, and they're going to end up winning the game. Let me ask you guys this since we all picked the Chiefs. Would you be surprised if the Buccaneers won? Like, Would you just be blown away if the Buccaneers found a way to win this one? Uh, no, I mean, I, you'd be foolish to, I think, because of Tom Brady uh, and because of um, uh, just all the factors of it being a home game and, and, and all, you know, there's so many things. And, and keep in mind, it's hard to repeat. Yeah. It's yeah. hard well, to repeat. Well, it hasn't repeat. been done since 2002, 2003, which was Tom Brady. Was that, that was 38, 39? Tom Brady. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's hard to do. Uh, my thing, too, is, uh, you know, people have been sleeping on the Bucks all season long. They kind of started slow, and people were saying, oh, Brady's going to need another year to develop. Look what he's done now. And we said it in our preview that we're a little nervous of the Bucks, and we said they couldn't make a run. But I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's Tom Brady, and the fact that people have been sleeping on, sleeping on them all year, they could surprise people and, you know, make Brady the super goat forever, forever. Our final one, our final pick is who is going to win the Super Bowl MVP. You know, there's always a lot of surprises. There's always your, your quarterback, you know, maybe a defensive player come out and surprise somebody. But uh, I'll go first. I think, uh, you know, I picked the Chiefs to win. The only guy that's going to win MVP is Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be throwing around. They're not a running team. They are a throwing team. And uh, unless, you know, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill, the only person that gets the ball, it'll go to Mahomes because he's going to have himself a day. So my answer is Patrick Mahomes. Let me go, uh, see. So there have been fifty-five MVPs because there were there were two in one Super Bowl. There have been thirty quarterbacks mm. win the MVP. Uh, if you go back and rewatch last year's game, Patrick Mahomes was not the MVP. He Should actually, have been Damian Williams. He actually had a really below-average game. Uh, up until he did throw the big pass at the end. But it should have been Damian Williams or one of those DBs that intercepted. And they had a couple of great inter- big-time interceptions. Uh, but but I say all that to say it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, you know, one thing I want to say, and I, and I talk about this with the Heisman uh, being somewhat of a team award. You can, you can look it up. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the Super Bowl MVP, you know, barring something unbelievable happens, you know, a crazy game-defining play, you know, unbelievable statistical marker, I think it's a bit of a playoff season, you know, award. Uh, last year, obviously, Mahomes led some incredible comebacks uh, throughout the Chiefs playoff run, and he, you know, like you said, maybe he wasn't deserving in the Super Bowl, but... As the playoffs as a whole, he was very deserving. And for that, I will go Patrick Mahomes. But that leads me to my other question. Take Mahomes and Brady out of the mm. equation. Uh, you know, whoever wins this, who do you, who could you guys see being the Super Bowl MVP? Uh, those two aside. 
There's never been a tight end that's won the Super Bowl MVP. Oh, I would well, love Tra- that. I mean, well, Travis Kelsey is obviously very high on the list. That's my point. There's never been one. He is a position-changing human. Uh, no one's ever played it like he does. Uh, so if there's going to be a first, I would say that's a good that's a good one to go on. Uh, if I had to pick somebody else, and I, I'm saying if the Bucks win it, and I said before, I don't think it'll be because of Tom Brady. I'll say defensive player, maybe a Jason Pierre-Paul, maybe a Devin White. We're talking about that Devin linebacker. Devin, I was going to say Devin White. I re- if if the Bucks win, it will be a defensive player that had a couple turnovers that were able to stop Patrick Mahomes, and I think it will go to one of them if it's not one of the two quarterbacks. Yeah, De- Devin White or Levante David, you know, maybe two or three tackles for losses, forced fumble, interception, something of that nature. I could absolutely see that happening. So that's that's our Super Bowl episode, man. What a cool Super Bowl we're going to have. Humph, any last words before we finally finish this episode and we get ready for the big game? Man, I just I wanted to say, you know, what what a what a fun thing that this episode was, you know, getting to do it with my dad, getting to do it with you, Dalton. You know, we've done this for I mean, coming up on a year now. It's been really special. I'm 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 happy that we had enough football to talk about. I'm happy that, you know, you guys have have continued to listen. Uh, we hope that the FCS, you know, what what we have in plans for that goes really well. Uh, and, and it's, it, you know, this was a privilege, and I'm, and I'm really excited for, for this weekend watching the Super Bowl. And we really appreciate Mr. Hump showing yes. up and, and giving us all of his knowledge and proving that he's the guru and talking football with us. Uh, next episode, we're going to talk about the results of the Super Bowl, and we're going to get rolling into FCS football. Super excited, and we will see you all next episode.